Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. So satisfying and that you fed them, God. So that we see so much of your care in the New Testament. We see so much of your love in the Old Testament through all of the cleansing and all of the, the things that you set up and the amazing miracle that you did even make your provision in the law for the healing of literal and real leprosy, of which there was no cure. And yet you set it up because you knew that there would be a day when you'd use your prophets to supernaturally heal people. And you'd use the Lord to supernaturally heal lepers so that people could understand you have power over the flesh. You have power over all things that are unclean, and you can make anyone clean if they would reach out and ask. And that's often. We know spiritually that's always true, and by your sovereign will, it's also true physically. So we do pray for those that are sick physically. Pray for all of us that are needing your touch spiritually. You'd be healing and cleansing us, but physically, God, we now pray as well for those that are struggling and have some very difficult, difficult things going on in their body. Thank you for Robert Love, who's just been a blessing to our church, who's now, God, healing up for some damaged ribs and possibly broken. May you just heal his his ribs up, God. Give him strength in his, in his legs to walk free of pain and walk well, God. Thank you uh, that he is just doing well and keeping keep joy, God. So continue to heal him. Heal Francisco, God, we pray, is supernaturally healing on his head, that you would um, take any swelling, any uh, cancer cells, anything going on, and just completely eradicate them, God, supernaturally. Pastor Joe as well, Maria Elena as well. We have so many friends, God, that have different reports, um, that have issues that have been struggling with um, different sicknesses, different diagnoses, Father, but need healing. Pam Shoemaker, God, be healing her up. Harold in Canada, God, my good brother that's just full of joy and pressing on no matter what so continue to do that we think of Susie in uh, Arizona who has um, never complained really to me but just as God's glorified in her weakness thank you for continuing to use her keep her encouraged God and keep her keep that cancer at bay you've done it for almost 30 years and so we praise you God that she is still walking strong. So we give these infirmities to you, God, and ask you to heal our bodies. I pray a special prayer for you to heal. My wife is not feeling good right now. That you would help her come to full strength and uh, find she'd be able to eat well and, and get strong today and be able to rest today. So, Father, I lift her up to you and for a special touch. So thank you for our time together, God. We worship you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, thank you guys so much for being with us. Sorry I, I heard that Facebook isn't really working right now, or which maybe one of the Facebook pages. I will look into that. We'll see if I can get that fixed, but hopefully we'll get better and better as we keep doing this. God bless you guys. Bye-bye. Good morning. Welcome to Manna for Breakfast. I am just getting things set up here. There I am. How are you guys? We are in Leviticus 14 today and Matthew 14. 
Okay. So because we were running out of dad jokes, I went back to this day in trivia. We'll try this. It's March 1st, by the way. Welcome to March. And it has its own little its own little uh, brain teasers here. What kind of birds stick together? Well, that's easy. Velcros. They stick together. Good. Oh, we should do one of these. Wait a minute. No. There we go. Very bad when your timing's off. You do jokes. Winston Churchill said something very interesting. He says, you will never reach your destination if you stop to throw stones at every dog that barks. There's a lot of good wisdom in that. And for those of us coming out the 70s, Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd releases its concept album, Dark Side of the Moon. It topped the charts for 957 weeks. Now, what I didn't know, kind of knew that each side of the album was a continuous piece of music, but I didn't know this. Five tracks on each side reflect various stages of human life, beginning and ending with a heartbeat. Did you? I, I mean, I own the album. I listen to it all the time. I didn't know that. Never thought about it. Anyway. And the only other one I wanted to cover was Hoover Dam was completed March 1st, 1936 on this day. Huge accomplishment. 112 people reported killed in the construction of the dam. Wow. That's a lot of people. And they're still in the concrete, by the way. If you know, they fell into the concrete and they just kept pouring. All right. I think we can um, move over. Oh, Nebraska. March 1st, 1867. Nebraska becomes the 37th state on this day. Didn't know that. All right, let's pray, and we will look into God's Word today. Father God, thank you for this morning. We do ask your blessing and your uh, guidance in our Word as, in the Word as we read through this, Father. Very, very important and beautiful things we see in your Word. So we thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Leviticus 14 the law of cleansing the leper. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, this shall be a law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. Now he shall be brought to the priest and the priest shall go out to the outside of the camp. Thus the priest shall look. And if the infection of leprosy has been healed in the leper, then the priest shall give orders to take two live clean birds and cedar wood and a scarlet string for the one who is to be cleansed. The priest shall also give orders to slay the one bird in an earthenware vessel over running water. As for the bird, he shall take it together with the cedar wood and the scarlet string and the hyssop, and he shall dip them and the live bird in the blood of the bird that was slain over the running water, and he shall sprinkle seven times the one who has been cleansed from the leprosy and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the live bird go free over the open field. When is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes and shave off all his hair and bathe and water and be clean. Now afterwards he may enter the camp, but he shall stay outside the tent for seven days. It will be on the seventh day that he shall shave off all his hair, shave his head and his beard and his eyebrows, even all his hair, and shall then wash his clothes and bathe his body in water and be clean. Now on the eighth day he shall take two male lambs without defect and a yearling lamb without defect and three-tenths of an ephah, a fine flour mixed with oil 
for a grain offering and one log of oil. And the priest who pronounces him clean shall present the man to be cleansed before the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting. Then the priest shall take the one male lamb and bring it for it a guilt offering with a log of oil and present them in the wave offering before the Lord. Next he shall slaughter the male lamb in the place where they slaughter the sin offering, the burnt offering, and the place of the sanctuary for the guilt offering. Like this offering, or it belongs to the priest, it is most holy. The priest shall then take some of the blood of the guilt offering, and the priest shall put it on the lobe of the right ear of the one who is to be cleansed, and on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his foot, and the priest shall also take some of the log of oil and pour it onto his left palm, and the priest then shall dip his right hand finger into the oil that is in the left palm, and with his finger sprinkle some of the oil seven times before the Lord. And of the remaining oil which is in his palm, the priest shall put some on the right earlobe of the one who is to be cleansed, and on the right thumb of his right hand, and the big toe of his right foot on the blood of the guilt offering. While the rest of the oil that is in the priest's palm he shall put on the head of the one to be cleansed. So the priest shall make atonement on his behalf before the Lord. The priest shall next offer the sin offering to make atonement for the one to be cleansed from his uncleanness. Then afterwards he shall slaughter the burnt offering. The priest shall offer up the burnt offering and the grain offering on the altar. Thus the priest shall make atonement for him and he will be clean. But if he is poor and his means are insufficient, then he is to take one male lamb from the guilt offering as a wave offering to make atonement for him, and one-tenth of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil for the grain offering and a log of oil, and two turtle doves and two young pigeons, which are within his means. The one shall be a sin offering and the other a burn offering. Then the eighth day, he shall bring them to his cleansing to the priest at the doorway of the tent of meeting before the Lord. The priest shall take the lamb of the guilt offering and the log of oil, and the priest shall offer them as a wave offering before the Lord. Next, he shall slaughter the lamb of the guilt offering, and the priest shall take some of the blood of the guilt offering and put it on the lobe of the right ear of the one who is cleansed, and on the thumb of his right hand and on the, on the big toe of his right foot. The priest shall also pour some of the oil in his left palm, and with his right hand finger the priest shall sprinkle some of the oil that is in his left palm seven times before the Lord. The priest then shall put some of the oil that is in his palm on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed, and on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot, on the place of the blood of the guilt offering. Moreover, the rest of the oil that is in the priest's palm, he shall put on the head of the one to be cleansed to make atonement on his behalf before the Lord. He shall then offer one of the turtle doves of young pigeons, which are within his means. He shall offer what he can afford, the one for the sin offering, the other for the burnt offering, together with the grain offering. So the priest shall make atonement before the Lord on behalf of the one to be cleansed. This is the law for him in whom there is an infection of leprosy. Those means are limited for his cleansing. Verse 33, the Lord further spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When you enter the land of Canaan, which I give you for a possession, I will put a mark of leprosy on the house in the land of your possession. Then the one who owns the house shall come and tell the priest, saying, 
Something like a mark of leprosy has become visible to me in the house. The priest then shall command that they empty the house before the priest goes in to look at the mark, so that everything in the house need not become unclean. And afterward, the priest shall go in and look at the house. Then he shall look at the mark, and if the mark on the walls of the house is greenish or reddish depressions and appearance deeper than the surface, then the priest shall come out of the house to the doorway and quarantine the house for seven days. The priest shall return the seventh day and mark an inspection. If the mark has indeed spread to the walls of the house, then the priest shall order them to tear out the stones with the mark on them and throw them away an unclean place. He shall have the house scraped all around inside. They shall dump the plaster that was scraped off at an unclean place outside the city. Then they shall take other stones and replace those stones, and you shall take other plaster and replaster the house. If, however, the mark breaks out again in the house, after have to torn out the stones and scrape the house, and after it has been replastered, then the priest shall come in and make an inspection. If he sees that the mark has indeed spread in the house, it is a malignant mark on the house, it is unclean. He shall therefore tear down the house, its stones and its timbers and all the plaster of the house, and he shall take them outside the city to an unclean place. Moreover, whoever goes into the house during the time that he has quarantined it becomes unclean until evening. Likewise, whoever lies down in the house shall wash his clothes, and whoever eats in the house shall wash his clothes. If, on the other hand, the priest comes in and makes an inspection, and the mark has not indeed spread in the house after the house has been replastered, then the priest shall pronounce the house clean because the mark has not reappeared. To cleanse the house, then, he shall take two birds and cedar wood and a scarlet string and hyssop, and he shall slaughter the one bird in the earthenware vessel over running water. Then he shall take the cedar wood and the hyssop, the scarlet string, with the live bird, and dip them in the blood, and the slain bird as well as in the running water, and sprinkle the house seven times. He shall thus cleanse the house with the blood of the bird, and with the running water, along with the live bird, and with the cedar wood, and with the hyssop, and with the scarlet string. However, he shall let the live bird go free outside the city into the open field, and he shall make atonement for the house, and it will be clean. This is the law of any mark of leprosy, even for a scale, and for a leprous garment, or a house, or for a swelling, or for a scab, or for a bright spot, to teach when they are unclean and when they are clean. This is the law of leprosy. Well, we got into this yesterday quite a bit, continuing on. Leprosy in the Hebrew does not have to mean the disease we know of as Hansen's disease of leprosy. That is the dying of the flesh. Uh, it's a very sad disease, which now, thankfully, can be treated. They can, they can stop leprosy with um, drugs as long as you take the pills. It will never spread. You won't lose uh, your feelings or your hands and your feet. Leprosy, at its worst, then, causes a lot of you know, cuts and different things because you can't feel when you t things hit you or bump you or cut you. So there's all these laws for the leprosy, which is highly contagious. But it also refers to any kind of infection, outbreak, boil, anything on your skin has to be investigated. And what's so interesting is we see all of these amazing precautions to help protect the community. And they had no concept of how infections 
spread. And God, supernaturally, I mean, God is telling them, they don't know this, but hey, guess what? Infections are highly contagious around when you get around another person, so you need to separate them. And so that was just a crazy, I mean, it's, it's so amazing to see how God brought modern science back to them thousands of years ago, understanding of diseases when nobody understood them at all. And great symbols of love for the people, but also he's trying to show them that uncleanness is not acceptable for the believer of Yahweh. He can, un, the, um, the believer cannot come into the presence of God unclean. And he kind of gives you the idea of how he sees us on the inside. I mean, our sin on the inside is like leprosy. It's slowly killing us, and it, it makes us numb to the things going on around us. But the, the amazing thing is, is they also see what happens with the house. God wants us to be clean inside and out, but he also wants our houses, our homes to be clean. He doesn't want uncleanness in our homes and mold. And, and even here, we see this issue of mold, you know, mold in homes didn't become a thing until fairly recently in our history where people start realizing you live in a house with a lot of mold and those spores you breathe them they're really bad for you i had a friend that used to get paid a lot of money to go in and treat homes to get rid of the mold in their homes and uh and you can't even buy a home if it, they find there's a lot of mold in it before it's treated so god was taking care of his people way back then but the spiritual concept is God doesn't want uncleanness in our houses as well as our bodies. And there, we may not have mold on our walls anymore. Well, here in Vallarta we do. But um, there are things in our homes that can contaminate us and make us unclean. It may not be on the walls. It may not be on our physical walls, but it can be on our Facebook wall. It can be on those things that we are taking in our home and allowing in our home that are infectious in a bad way. And the priest had to come in and examine the home to see if there was a mark on it or not. And it's very interesting. Can you imagine if, if we could do that today in the spiritual sense? Hey, I'm going to come over to your house. I'm your pastor. I'm going to come over to your house, examine your house to see if there's any uncleanness in your house. Would you be able to say, yeah, come on over, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Or just don't take, don't check my um, <laughs> my cable subscription, please, or my history on my computer, please. God doesn't want uncleanliness in the home. Very important. Well, let's move on now to Matthew 14. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the news about Jesus and said to the servants, This is John the Baptist, and he, he is risen from the dead, and this is why miraculous powers are at work in him. For when Herod had John arrested, he bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, the wife of his brother, Philip. For John had been saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. Although Herod wanted to put him to death, he feared the crowd because they regarded John as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before him and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Having been prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. Although he was grieved, the king commanded it to be given because of his oaths and because of his dinner guests. And he sent and had John beheaded in prison 
and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. His disciples came and took away the body and buried it, and they went and reported to Jesus. Now when Jesus heard about John, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And when the people heard of this, they followed him on foot from the cities. And he went ashore, and he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed the sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, The place is desolate, and the hour is already late. So send the crowds away, so that they may go to the village and buy food for themselves. And Jesus said to them, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them to me. Ordering the people to sit down on the grass, he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up towards heaven, he blessed the food. And breaking the loaves, he gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they ate, and they were satisfied. They picked up what was left over out of the broken pieces, twelve full baskets. There were about 5,000 men who ate besides the women and the children. Jesus walks in the water, verse 22. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go out ahead of him into the other side while he sent the crowds away. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone, but the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. But Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened. Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are certainly God's son. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gesenrath. And when the man of the place recognized them, they sent word into all the surrounding districts and brought to him all who were sick. And they were imploring him that they might just touch the fringe of his cloak. And as many as touched it were cured. So again, we've covered the majority of these stories before. What is fascinating, again, feeding the 5,000 We know from other gospel accounts it was a young boy who had those five loaves and two fish. Quite a bit of food for one kid when you think about it. Was the mom, that kind of mom, that says, hey, I'm going to give my my son some food to share with. He's He's going to hear the master. He's going to hear the one who's come to save Israel or the one who is, who knows what the mom thought or if the mom was there. But, Anyway, it was enough for more than him. Shows the kind heart of the mother. But the son has got all that he needs and more. And yet when there's need of it, he gives it, all of it, to the Lord. 
it's a it's a pretty impressive kind of lesson on tithing, lesson on trusting, giving what you own to the Lord. And again, this is something that has to be done by prayer. Jesus, the disciples specifically asked for it. I'm sure they saw it and said, hey, would you be willing to share with all of the people the master has need of what you have? And the young boy says, sure. Not knowing if he would get any food out of the deal or not knowing what was going to happen. There was, you know, 10,000 people there. And all there goes is food. They just take it away. And they're taking it to Jesus. Yet he trusted. He had childlike faith. The Lord needs it. I'm going to give it to him. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm giving it to the right person. And I'm going to trust him. And God multiplied it and fed the entire crowd. What a phenomenal thing. And what a phenomenal mom that was... uh, Used by the kingdom. That's why I like that. God uses the ordinary. God uses the the simple things to be a blessing to others. When you're a faithful person, you're a faithful mom to your kids. God uses it in ways we can't even imagine to bless others. And so, huge blessing there and a huge object lesson for all the people of God's provision. That God feeds the hungry. That God is the bread of life. And there was more that enough to go around and of course right after that he goes up to pray for the people and pray for the disciples they needed that object lesson the whole point was he was getting them ready to be in the ministry to be walking with him but not with him physically he was going to leave he was going to be glorified they needed to learn what it was to walk with him to feed the people The feeding was more than physical. They needed to learn how to feed what they had was the living word of God, the bread of life. They always had that. It was more than enough. And so Jesus goes up to pray for them. He allows them to go out into the storm on the water. And the sea is just, it's a beautiful picture in the world, or it's a metaphor for the world. Sends them out into the world and to encounter these storms. And they're going out into the darkness. And there's all kinds of stuff going on around them. But he commanded them, so they go on in obedience, and they find themselves in the middle of a huge struggle in the storm. And they feel like they're perishing again. And Jesus comes to them as if walking by, like, I told you guys, go to the other side. I'm, I'm going there. I'll see you over there. But, of course, they're panicking. And so Peter steps out. Great, great step of faith, man. He does an awesome, awesome job. As long as his eyes had focused on Jesus, he was walking fine on that water the moment he looked at the wind, focused on the torment or the, the, what was going on in the world. He got his eyes off Jesus, starts sinking. But he does the right thing. He cries out to him. Doesn't try and swim back to the boat. Cries out to Jesus. Jesus pulls him out. They get into the boat. And guess what? They immediately get to the other side. The storm stops. So the, all, of this, all of this is illustrative of walking with the Lord by faith not by sight, they were not going to be able to see him physically or walk with him in the world. They were going to walk with him. And you see, Jesus is as a ghost as he's passing by. And the, the, the illustration there was that he was as if he was, yeah, now the Holy Spirit or in the spirit realm. He was as if he was already glorified, already gone back to the Father. 
and they cry out to him and he comes into the boat and they get to the other side and then there's healing and ministry with him so we are supposed to take away from this the understanding that god was getting them ready to be ministering with him but as that holy ghost the spirit realm which is how we minister today it's it's a beautiful uh, beautiful example for us as we see what jesus was training them to do now going on to charles Spurgeon, joy for the cast out hear the word of the lord ye that tremble at the guard your brethren that hated you that cast you out for my name's sake said let the lord be glorified but he has appeared to your joy and they shall be ashamed Isaiah 66 5 probably this text may not apply to one in a thousand of readers of this little book of promises but the Lord cheers that one in such words as these let us pray for all such as are cast out wrongfully for the society which they love may the Lord appear to their joy the text applies to truly gracious men who tremble at the word of the Lord. These were hated of their brethren and at length cast out because of their fidelity and their holiness. This must have been very bitter to them and all the more so because their casting out was done in the name of religion and professedly with the view of glorifying God. How much is done for the devil in the name of God the use of the name of Jehovah to add venom to the bite of the old serpent is an instance of his subtlety. The appearing of the Lord for them is the hope of his persecuted people. He appears as the advocate and defender of the elect, and when he does so, it means a clear deliverance for the God-fearing and shame of his oppressors. O Lord, fulfill this word to those whom men are deriding. Father God, thank you for this morning and thank you for your word and giving us those words of encouragement, giving us those illustrations, Father, and letting us see how much you love us and how much you did, how much you did for us and of the illustrations, Father, that we see um, all over the place. The illustrations, Father, of, of you feeding the 5,000, of your love for people, of bringing them, God, into wholeness, to healing them, but also bringing them into an understanding of your, your presence. And they can trust you, that you'd always be there, and that they could come to you in time of need, physical need, spiritual need. Those that were so hungry that you would, that they wouldn't even go home, and they were so hungry to know you and to listen to your words, they wouldn't even go home for food. They would go for hours and hours and hours denying their flesh just because what they were hearing 